Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. Welcome back to Sacktown Sports. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. Not a whole lot went wrong with the Niners. You know, you could yeah. probably count with one hand, maybe only one finger. What <laughs> <laughs> went wrong with the Niners, but everything seemed to be beautiful. We invite our guy in, Emil Fergoso. He writes about the Niners for Sacktown Sports. How's it going, Emil? What did you think about uh, week one? Pretty dominant 30-7 to win against the Steelers there, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it couldn't have gone better, honestly, for the 49ers. I, I mean, just from every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams, everything went pretty much right. And if not for a, you know, slightly bogus uh, illegal contact on Diamador Lenore, their cornerback at the end of the, se- the first half, it could have been a shutout, honestly. And, and I think that's the big part with this team of the Niners is that they made a huge statement on the road after a offseason full of controversy. Emil, the the big highlight play of, of that game was the Christian McCaffrey 65-yard run where, I mean, Brandon Ayuk pretty much de somebody. And I think it was Ray, May, Ray Ray McLeod is also blocking downfield. Like, can you just talk about how that play is almost like a perfect encapsulation of what it like what this 49ers team is and, and just how all the guys are kind of pulling on the same string? Yeah, honestly. And if you talk to Christian, he talked about that play yesterday about the 65-yarder. And you can just see the level of appreciation that he has for this 49ers offense because, like he said yesterday, it's it's not a you know just offensive line in the run game. It's all eleven guys are a part of this run game as it makes this team go. And to have guys you know star wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk who is already having an excellent game, two touchdowns prior to that, but for him to be involved in the blocking the way he is, you know, it just speaks volumes to this team and how much camaraderie. Is, about, is on this team, and that's what makes the Niners' offense so special is that they're all vying for each other. There's no ego, no selfishness on offense. How about Brock Purdy? I know that uh, there's been some headlines that I've raised an eyebrow or two about where he's <laughs> silenced the doubters and the haters. It's week one, but coming off of elbow surgery, he looked really good. He was not just throwing to open guys. He was decisive. He was accurate. He made some nice plays. Feeling the blitz from Minka Fitzpatrick and spinning away from it, that was a great play. What did you think about his overall performance? Yeah, like like they said after the game, you know, Brock is who he thought he was. You know, Brock is playing like the guy he was last year when he came on. He has not lost a game that, you know, has finished without, you know, having a a detached elbow. So that's the key here is that Brock really hasn't lost a game, and now – he stands alone as the only quarterback that believed to have eight or nine starts and have two touchdowns in each game. He is the only person to do that in NFL history. And if you talk to him yesterday, you know, it was just another day at the office for him. But in terms of all the silence and all the haters and stuff, he shut a few of them up in Patrick Peterson, that's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, part of <laughs> shutting up Patrick Peterson was Brandon Ayuk. He had a ridiculous game on Friday. You and I were talking about how Brandon Ayuk was – was ready to have this burst out season. And then you you also texted me over the weekend about how both of us didn't start Brandon Ayuk in, in our fantasy yeah. leagues. Should we just come to expect this every, you know, obviously maybe not two touchdowns every single week, but mm-hmm. it was, was yesterday just a sign that this truly is the Brandon Ayuk coming out party? Yeah, I, I, I really think it was. Brandon's been saying all offseason, this is the year. This is the year he's going to be that guy. He's It's a, a contract year. He's going to be eligible for an extension after this season. And I think with Brandon specifically, and you and me both said it last week, Chris, we wanted to see it first. You want to see on the field. You know, you talk a big game. This offense has so many mouths to feed. How is it going to happen? How is he going to become this all-pro number one wide receiver? 
Well, yesterday it was pretty clear that Brandon Ayuk was their favorite target, or at least Purdy's favorite target on, on out routes, on over the crossing over the middle. And everything just kind of worked out for Ayuk that no one could really contain him on the outside. And he made a few cornerbacks, especially Peterson and Levi Wallace, who, who he hit a few on there, made him look very, very silly. He's Emil Fergoso, covers the Niners for Sacktown Sports, joining us here. How about the one glaring thing was, I think, Colton McKivitz, the right tackle. Now, I know he's going up against T.J. Watt, and T.J. Watt looks healthy again, and we know how awesome of a player he is, but he gives up a couple of sacks. What did you think about McKivitz, not only yesterday, but going forward, because there's been a lot being made about the right side of that offensive line? Yeah, it, that that was the only blemish on the Niners report card yesterday was that right tackle spot. Look, Colton McKivitz is a young guy. Uh, he just got a contract extension with the 49ers. They want to give him this opportunity after Mike McGlitchie signed a huge deal with the Denver Broncos in the offseason. You know, McGlitchie got a lot of hate from Niners, especially in the pass protection spot. And they thought, you know, maybe McKivitz could be an upgrade. And he was really consistent in the preseason. But as we all know, preseason play is completely different than, than regular season play. And T.J. Watt taught him really quick that this is a – going to be a real challenge so I, I think it's one of their weaknesses they have to address they have to get better and it's I'm curious to see what they do with their cap space could they go get a more veteran right tackle to fill that spot in the future you never know with the 49ers hey Emil you got your partner Nate here how you doing man <laughs> Nate, my guy hey. what's, going on? what's going on my guy hey I like your hat what hat is that it's Timber Creek, baby. Timber Creek oh, Golf Course in uh, Roseville, California. Oh, well, Timber Creek, they are our sponsor today. Timber Creek, they're proud to announce their brand new fully renovated practice facility. Features 30 station grass tees, driving range, expanded putting greens, completely redesigned short game area with a brand new bunker. And you can visit TimberCreekGC.com to book your tee times. Timber Creek and Sierra Pines, your ultimate golf haven. Thank you, Nate. That was man, that was seamless, man. That was professional. That was fantastic, right there, dude. That was wonderful. Right First time for everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Emil, big question and something again we talked about on Friday was was the kicking game really? I mean, not not much news there. Jake Moody three for three on kicks, three for three on extra points. Can we can we calm down again? Hines is kind of a, a tough place to kick, and really seemed like there was no problem for Moody. All of them seemed to split right down the middle. Yeah, honestly, that was one of the big questions coming into the season is how is Jake Moody going to rebound, especially coming off that quad strain he suffered right. in the preseason? You know, he had a really, really shaky preseason. A lot of questions about him. You know, are they going to go get Robbie Gold? Are they going to go to another <laughs> veteran kicker? All this, you know, stuff surrounding the Niners, all the noise, that got hushed immediately as soon as Jake Moody came on the field. He was confident mm -hmm. even in warm-ups, and he was confident in his kicks all day long. Three for three PATs, three for three in field goals. Perfect day. Could not have asked for a better debut yeah. for Jake Moody. How about beyond Jake Moody with the injury stuff where it's it's interesting seeing the punter kick off, right, because <laughs> yeah. of the the, uh, the quad strain. How about the groin issue with, with George Kittle or anything else that's on your injury radar? Yeah, that, that's one of the big things with the Niners. Again, injuries have always been the plague. They've always been, you know, getting bit by the injury buck. Well, week one, they were not. The only person to come out, to come out, I believe, was Ambry Thomas, who had a concussion. He was evaluated and cleared after the game as well. So it was a clean injury slate for the 49ers, and that is a huge, huge deal for the San Francisco 49ers because their biggest enemy, frankly, right now in the NFC especially, is themselves. They look like the best team on the field yesterday, and if they can stay healthy with George Kittle, with Brandon Ayuk, with Christian McCaffrey especially, and then defensively Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, you know, J J Avon Hargrave, if all their superstars can stay healthy, 
they're going to be a problem all season for every single franchise. Yeah, the I could like hear every single 49er fan gasp and then like have a sigh of relief when Trent Williams went down but then came back only only a yeah. few plays later. I mean, that was that had to have been probably the only moment in the game where there was real fear from from the 49er side. Uh, but yeah, I mean, besides that, I mean, the, the, the Steelers to, to talk about their end of things. I mean, there was so much hype about the Steelers coming into this game. Do you feel any differently about the Steelers when, when exiting, or do you think that this was really just the fact that the 49ers came a lot more prepared and a lot more ready and that defense is, is just incredible. Chris, I I do think your latter point is very valid, but, but honestly, the Kenny Pickett hype, you know, died down a lot yesterday. And and I, I think there are a lot of questions about Kenny Pickett now. There were a lot of passes he should have completed, especially in the first half on that that deep crossing over route to Deontay Johnson. He'd completely yeah. whiffed on. Wide open would have been like a 30, 35-yard gain, mm-hmm. and he just missed them. And those are the throws that an NFL quarterback has to make. Now, Kenny Pickett's been incredibly accurate all preseason, but I think he kind of saw ghosts yesterday. You know, he got <laughs> rattled early on, similar to how Israel Adesanya got rattled by oh, Sean Stanton. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wow, yeah. yeah. Gosh, he threw it in there. <laughs> that. Again, when you start to uh. see ghosts, even if you have all this hype, you played really, really well. If you see a ghost, if you get rattled a little bit, it can knock off your rhythm, and I think that's what happened to, to Kenny Pickett. So it's still early on. There's no time to panic. It's a Mike Tomlin team, but yeah. that was the least Mike Tomlin team has looked, I think, ever, honestly. Yeah. I love that. Emil, great stuff, man. Good to visit with you. Hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Pleasure. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. All right, man. Thank see you. you soon. There he is, Emil Fergoso. Covers the Niners for Sacktown Sports. How about that? That's a professional right there. I know. Not only Nate professionally getting the read in. <laughs> that was so good, Nate. But Emil working in some MMA. Incredible. Settling some UFC scores while talking <laughs> Niners and Steelers. That's beautiful. I'm so, so happy he was wearing that hat because I needed a segue. <laughs> I was like, I need I something. I, yeah. I mean, that was all natural, actually. That, no, that was, was great. Yeah, no, no that yeah, was real. Very well done. Yeah, wonderful Solid. sponsors. Love that. That was great. Yeah. All right, coming up next, is it only – Week one, or is it a sign of things to come? That's the game we're going to play next. Multiple teams, and we'll say, eh, it's only week one, or it's a sign. Yes. That is on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. It's Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Welcome back to Sacktown Sports. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Watkins. You know, Chris, we were talking about last year with the Seahawks, right? So yesterday, they looked awful in week one. They lost to the Rams. The year prior, they looked surprisingly good. Remember they welcomed Russell Wilson and the Broncos first game for Russ with Denver and Geno Smith and the Seahawks won. Yeah. And you think about that, you could have said at that time, wow, surprising, but it's only week one. Right. You know, but it turned out to be a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. Right? The Seahawks made the playoffs. They had a winning record. The Broncos went five and twelve. So sometimes we underreact. Yeah. There's such a thing as overreacting, and we'll do our fair share, as many other people will too, but sometimes we're underreacting as well. Sure. And this really is a sign of things to come. So if we take a few teams, surprising results, let's stick with that. 
The Seahawks losing by 17 at home against the Rams. Eh, it's just week one, or it's a sign of things to come. If you look at both teams, how would you break that down? Yeah, I mean, I would say that I I, I really do think, like I said earlier, like I, I'm not a big Seahawks guy this year. Uh, I think they did, to your point, like they surprised a lot of people last year. You know, are they going to be a worse team than the Rams? I think that they'll be somewhere around the Rams at the end of the season. I think they do have enough talent, especially on the offensive end, to to you know patchwork a, a near five hundred record. I mean, they have they still have DK Metcalf, they still have uh, Tyler Lockett, they add Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like I, I I have a tough time seeing that offense just kind of not be league average at best. You know, I I think that they can I think they can make waves with the offense, but. For the most part, yeah, I, I think that this is probably what we should expect from the Seahawks for most of the year. I, I don't think that this is going to be a, a big turnaround season or a big turnaround at any point this season for Seattle. And on the Rams side, you know, this is probably the most optimistic I think we're going to be about them. I, I do think that at some point, you know, the fact that Matt Stafford is throwing to Tutu Atwell and <laughs> some other receiver that I just have no idea, it doesn't seem like Cam Akers is ever going to catch on as a running back. I, I You know, will the Rams over-exceed maybe their preseason expectations? Sure, but, you know, I don't think that this is a sign that, oh, maybe the Rams could be uh, the Seahawks of last year and, and be a 10-11 win team uh, come this season. Man, I uh, for both teams, I don't know. I hear you on the Seahawks where I lean more so to, eh, it's just week one, but you have to ask yourself, are you convinced Geno Smith is that guy going forward that he yeah. was last season? And if your answer is, eh, no, well, <laughs> they might be taking a step right. back this season because he was a big part of their success. Yeah, so it might be a sign for the Seahawks and for the Rams. I think it depends on how you quantify it. Are you saying it's a sign of things to come in terms of hey, they could be an eight nine win team? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. this could be a sign of things to come. Is it a sign of things where they win eleven games and they make a deep playoff run? I, I, I would pump the brakes on that, but I was higher on them. Then sure. I'm not going to say than most because that sounds weird, but there were a lot of people expecting 2022 to just happen again in 23. Mm -hmm. And when their season win total in Vegas is six and a half, I'm like, I'm taking the over. Absolutely. If that doesn't hit, I'm just going to eat it mm -hmm. because I, I just think that they're talented enough. Yep. And when you lose your core guys for most of the season, it's not a shocker that you don't win many games. So, blessed with better health, I think the Rams can be better. Mm -hmm. And I think they could at least be annoying for yes. other teams in the NFC. Yeah, I think we that's We both have I'm them saying. in the playoffs, right? We yes. have them both sneaking in. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that they're going to be one of the, the lower-seeded teams, but I definitely think that they have – enough talent to to get through I mean I you know I, I was watching that Vikings Bucks game a, a lot and something that really stuck out to me about the Bucks is yeah I mean they have Baker Mayfield but that defense still has a lot of really talented guys I mean their their yeah. their defense is still that that has some guys left over from their Super Bowl run and they're going to keep them in a lot of games and Aaron I think the Donald. same for the Rams man Aaron Donald is just he's just a he's nightmare ridiculous. yeah he and he hasn't slowed down. Mm -mm. The funny thing is, we always talk about running back slowing down. Man, you look at a defensive tackle like Aaron Donald, yeah. and it's hit, hit, hit every play. Mm -hmm. And that guy shows 
no signs of slowing down. And he's undersized, <laughs> too. I mean, he's yeah. maybe six feet tall going against, you know, some some centers, some guards. Like, he, he just – he always seems like he's still at a at a different level than everybody else. And, you know, I think people were ready to kind of move the crown from his head as the best defensive player in the NFL and give it to, you know, Nick Bosa or, or Micah Parsons. But, you know, I think on his day, I, I still think Aaron Donald, pound for pound, is, is, is that guy on the defensive side. Let's go with a couple other games. If you go back to Thursday night, yeah. Lions against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's only week one or a sign of things to come. For the Chiefs, I shrug my shoulders and say it's only week one, man. But what do you say yeah. for the for the Lions? Is this a sign of big success to come after beating the Chiefs? I see the Lions like I I don't think they won in the fashion that I would have wanted to see them win. Like only putting up twenty one points to me is that's disappointing for for what I was expecting from that from that Lions team. You mentioned how bad their defense was last year. I think their offense has to be elite, like in the top you know top eight of NFL teams if they want to really find success. Because I still don't see their defense being much improved. I think they're slightly improved for sure, but I think that you know if you were expecting the the Lions to weekly contend with some of the best teams in the NFL like they did with the Chiefs. I don't know if they're that good or if they're just going to be better than the competition they face. I mean, yeah, you point out the the NFC uh, North and, and the weak defenses in there. I think they can be good enough to to stand above those guys. But, you know, when we're talking about can, can the Lions realistically compete with teams, you know, like the Eagles or like the Cowboys or the 49ers, I, I just – I don't see that yet yeah. from them, uh, but I think that they're good enough to beat up on bad teams. Not saying, obviously, the Chiefs are, but I, I think the Lions are going to stack some wins this year against inferior opponents. But it's also kind of like, a, you know, you got to grade them on a on a curve almost because they are the Lions, and them even being in that conversation of being to the being near the top of the NFC, like that's that's better than they've really ever been. Well, Chris, if I could add something real quick, this is like the Kings, is it not? Very similar. Is this not Incredibly like this similar. is what it feels like as a Kings fan? I mean, yes. they haven't gotten there yet, right? But I guess the Kings didn't have that promising season before, where they almost made sure. it. Like the Kings just kind of did it. Yeah, but very similar in the sense of, like I mentioned, like the the Lions' offense has to be great because their defense isn't good, and that's. I mean, we could literally just take that segment and put it for the Sacramento Kings. Like, that is the story of the Kings, and I, I do think the Lions are, are really similar in that aspect as well. Right? It's like the Lions are a month ahead of the Kings. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you're hoping the Lions have a fantastic start to the sure. season. It, it might be a sign of things exactly. to come for the Kings. It's yeah. weird how that works out. But the, I hear you. I think when you look at the quarterbacks in the NFC, because mm-hmm. none of us are going to just drool about – Jared Goff. Won't be but me. look at the quarterbacks of the top teams. You've yeah. got Dak. You've got Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. who was very mediocre yesterday yes, against the Patriots. Uh, but a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. You've got Brock Purdy. I mean, you could make an argument. Matthew Stafford is, um, among the guys I just mentioned, the best. <laughs> I could make an argument, sure. and you wouldn't call me a crazy person, that he's better than all of those guys. But the point is... Jared Goff, who you're not going to drool over, it's not like the top guys in the conference are worlds better than he is. Right. That, that's just not the case. 
Right, yeah, especially with how he's playing right now. Like, he's on this massive interception list streak. Uh, he's playing the best football of his career right now. You're right, like, the NFC's quarterbacks are, are not elite, especially when you look over at the AFC and you just look at that gauntlet. Like, Lamar Jackson might be the eighth best quarterback in that conference, and he would probably easily be, you know, top two or three in the NFC it's it's guys like Dak. It's guys like, you know, yeah, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins is realistically in like a top five conversation in the conference. It's not world beaters. And Jared Goff is kind of, you know, he he's a guy who's kind of like I was talking about with Jordan Love earlier. I don't know if he's ever going to be bad again like we like he was at the start of his career but I would expect him to play around league average or slightly above and last year he played like man like a top five top eight guy if they can get a performance like that out of Jared which I think he's capable of with the weapons that they have I mean there's no reason why the Lions shouldn't be able to to be what everyone expects them to be I mean there's so much hype about them coming into this season as well it's crazy because Jared Goff, the first half of the season, he threw a good amount of interceptions, mm-hmm. and the Lions lost a bunch of games. Yeah. I think they started off 1-6. and six. And then they closed strong, and Jared Goff stopped throwing interceptions. He yep. just stopped. It's that simple, yep. <laughs> like, and, and that's where they are right now. Yep. Um, all right, coming up next, there was something hilarious from week one that we have to share, and a crazy stat from week one with one more game to go. That's on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Watkins. Keep it locked right here. Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. At your desk, on your phone, in the car. Whitey right, and Watkins. On Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into Sacktown Sports. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Watkins. Man, Chris, I found something that just made me LOL. I literally LOL. <laughs> What's that? So it's a tweet. Saquon Barkley is walking in for the game last night. Mm-hmm. So he's just walking in th- through the tunnel, right? He's going to the dressing room. This is well before the game. And his outfit caught the eye of just a random Twitter user. Oh, boy. And uh, he said, we're losing by 40 tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And now if I go play by play, because you can't see this, and if you don't have a computer in front of you, Saquon is just wearing these sort of nerdy looking blue jeans. And he's just got a simple, looks like a black t-shirt underneath Mm -hmm. and a leather jacket. And apparently this Twitter user was not a fan it's of the not outfit. Feeling the fit, yeah. <laughs> it says we're losing by 40 tonight. Dang. And they lose 40 to nothing. See, like, I don't believe in superstitions or, again, like, you know, I don't really think that anything I do is going to have any real impact on the teams that I root for. But it's stuff like that that really makes me feel like maybe I should be a little bit more more worried about the things that I do because – it's not like it's it's a fine like it's not it's not a great outfit. He's not going to be walking New right. York Fashion Week anytime yeah. soon. But it wouldn't you know I wouldn't 
I wouldn't look twice at him if he walked by. Like it's nothing. It, we've it's not Kyle Kuzma. It's not Russell Westbrook or anything. Yeah. But the fact that the fans said he's going to lose by forty, and then they proceed to lose by exactly <laughs> forty, you got to feel like somebody out there hates you. Maybe the universe hates you or something. But that's that's the exact kind of thing that makes me feel like, you know, maybe maybe we. Maybe I don't give myself or anybody else enough credit for how much impact we could actually have. You know what's funny is um, sometimes, depending on who's wearing the outfit, it's received so differently. For sure. You know, Like if Russell Westbrook wore that exact same outfit, I don't think you would get the same type of pushback. That's tame. That's yeah, like a, completely tame. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, Russell decided to dress normal today. But for Saquon, I don't know what it is, right? Like, yeah. some people get away with yeah. more oh, of yeah. the, uh, like, what are you wearing right now? Uh, I always thought this with the uh, the high waters. You know, Dwayne Wade oh, yeah. would always do this. Yeah. Wear the high waters. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, if I wore that same outfit, yes, you'd beg me not to wear it yes. anymore. Yes, 100%. Like, some people just, I, I mean, I don't have it, but some people are really like mannequins where it's like you just – you put any clothes on them and they're going to make them look 10 times better. And then I'll put on the same outfit. And I'm like, this is not like, where, where did this guy go? Because like, yeah, I mean, it's, and you know, of course, when you're a professional athlete and like a beacon of physical fitness, like a lot of outfits are probably going to look better on you than they do on me. But it's uh yeah. I mean like guys like Tim Duncan and, and Jared Allen on the, on the calves, like those guys dress like, you're just typical soccer dads, but you know, when they walk in to an NBA game, they just get absolutely flambéed. Like they get roasted. Cam That's Newton gets away with wearing the dumbest hats. Oh he wears gosh. the dumbest no. hats yep. and no one says anything. Yeah. I love Cam Newton. He was one of the, the college football stories that I fell in love with uh, at the time, but I, I'm so glad he's out of the NFL just because his outfits were just <laughs> out of control. They were just out of control. By the way, do you remember uh, the late great Kobe Bryant? Do I don't know what magazine he did it for, but it was something. He was wearing like all white. Oh and yeah, it was like. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, and he's got the hat on and everything. Yeah, and yeah. He, yeah, he like, kind of looks like a. I don't know if you know the reference of handsome Squidward. He looks a lot like handsome Squidward. In, it, was, uh, it was very odd. Very odd look. For the Mamba right yeah, there, but that just strange. came to mind. Of course, we all know about Rodman wearing right. some wild stuff. The A Rod in the mirror, looking, you oh, know, kissing that the was mirror. Just regrettable, man. Again, like sometimes poses, right. depending on who's <laughs> posing. Right. If Rodman did that, you'd be like, "That's eh, Rodman." Exactly. A Rod yeah. did it, and you're like, "What yeah, is this that?" Freak. <laughs> yeah. What is he kissing himself? Like, what is going on here? You know what killed me was A Rod getting heat. A lot of heat when Cameron Diaz was feeding him popcorn at the Super right. Bowl. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. That is one of the biggest baller achievements <laughs> there ever could be. I know. And he got crushed for that. <laughs> like he's a Roman emperor oh, or something getting gosh. fed grapes. Yeah. And it's like, that's that's kind of, you know, that's that's love. Like if, if I told my girlfriend, hey, can, can you feed me some popcorn right now? Like literally put it... <laughs> She would be like, do I look like your surf? And the fact that, Cam- I mean, you got Cameron Diaz, like, big movie star to do. Like, that's, you're right. Like, that's something that should be like, okay, like, you know. Clearly. There wasn't a better example that people find A-Rod simply unlikable 
than that. He's yeah. getting fed popcorn by Cam Diaz. Yeah. If Derek Jeter. Oh, my gosh. They'd be like, what? A, they'd he's give that man a trophy at halftime. They'd be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> the player of the year, everybody, please. We all aspire to only be as half as great as Derek. But, yeah, A-Rod oh, does man. it, and it's like, let's – Let's throw tomatoes at him. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Okay, so a crazy stat from week one, too, to throw your way for everybody listening. Um, road teams against the spread, 12-3 and three so far. Wow. Yeah, okay, one game to go, obviously. Down. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I think the Bills uh, will cover tonight as uh, road favorites against the Jets, but 12-3 and three wow. to this point. And it's the first time since, get this, Chris, 2006, there have been 12-plus road teams cover in week one. That's according to Action Network right there. They put that out. But the only three teams that did not cover, road teams, Bengals, Panthers, Texans. That's it. Every Mm. other road team has covered thus far in week one. And that's Like, do you think that that's a a sign that maybe – home field advantage isn't that big in the NFL? Uh, or is it just seen a that a bit. Yeah. I think it's more random, yeah. but we have seen it a bit where it used to be you get three points at home. That's the standard. Yes, exactly. It's thought yeah. of. And now it's dipped a little bit right. to like two and a half, mm. depending on who you talk to. And certainly some home fields aren't the same. Right. You think about the Rams. Right. I mean, you got a lot of road uh, you have fans there. <laughs> that Chargers game was <laughs> some Miami that home was, game pretty much. That was insane. What a game yeah. that was. Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. To me, that was the most exciting game of the weekend. I thought so, too. Yeah. yeah. Just electric. I mean, it pretty much went down to the wire. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned Tua earlier in the show. Looked incredible. Ty- Tyreek Hill, man. That guy is just I'm always I'm always flabbergasted when people are on a professional level and especially at the highest level and you right. still manage to look like an outlier. Yeah. And at this point is like Tyreek Hill's been doing it for I don't even know how long now and he still is the fastest guy out there head and shoulders. It's it's incredible. It's it's just he he is he is a one of a kind guy and we've seen speedsters before, you know, there's been people who are very fast playing receiver, you know, ask Raider fans about Darius Hayward Bay. You can bring in fast guys at receiver. It doesn't mean they're going to be incredible. Just And not to mention the fact that Tyreek Hill is probably shorter than I am. He's he's like 5'8", 5'9", and just the the fact that he's able to dominate games the way he does is – it's truly special. I hear you. A little bit more from that game right around the corner. And also, the biggest – of the big surprises in week one. There have been a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you put at the top of the list? Uh, we'll compare notes. I'm Brian mm-hmm. No, He's Chris Watkins at Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Whitey and Watkins now on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Watkins here on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Like this selection by Nate. A little funky He's right killing now. it. He's killing yeah. it. Thanks, dude. I try. I try. I really do. I like it, man. 
Do you like you pre-select, a, Nate, or do you, I do have, you just like vibe it out, whatever's whatever you're feeling at the break? Pretty much, it's not in the break. Usually, I'll do like four or five ahead, but uh-huh. all these songs are just ones I've put into the machine, and uh, just whatever show I do, I use yeah. the songs that I put in. So now, Nate, do you have like you know fourth or fifth up? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, I got the uh, next couple going. We got some Rush coming up soon, and some. Uh, some uh um oh my, i'm blanking on the name uh holy wars um oh megadeth megadeth yeah i don't know why get out of here you got yeah. megadeth on that's yes. why i was gonna ask yeah. if you had any metal on deck. yeah some too short nice. coming up so get Look ready for that okay i like <laughs> I that you're waiting for those breaks thank you're you you're super eclectic i love that. oh thank you. i'm not a big country guy at all and i shouldn't be saying that i worked country in the park this weekend yeah, but <laughs> it's not my favorite, but yeah, pretty much a lot of other stuff I'm I'm into. Oh, I love that. It's like I'm not big on country. I was working the country event. Yeah, I yeah. Say that, but. <laughs> well, that's why he's perfect to work it. That's what I found. I'm not a yeah. big country guy either, and they always I feel like they kind of appreciate people who don't know because you know I I happen to know it's like doing you know photos and videos, mm-hmm. and he's got to go backstage with artists, and it's like the last thing you want is. You know, someone be, oh my God, that's right, right. Yeah. Tom Petty right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd freak out if I saw Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. Mostly because it might be a ghost, I think. Right. But, yeah. I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. we would all yeah. freak out. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. for sure, man. He was a legend. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So if we are looking for the biggest surprise of week one thus far, Chris, think about it like this. Imagine if one of your friends, one of your family members, they're like, I couldn't see any football yesterday for whatever reason. Yeah. Couldn't see the Thursday night game. Couldn't see yesterday at all. Bring me up to speed. What's the craziest thing you saw? What What are you saying? What's the first thing like, dude, so-and-so yeah. beat so-and-so or an individual performance? What do you hit him with right out of the gate? I think the first thing I tell him is you will not believe this, but the Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals 24-3 to and Joe Burrow only had 82 passing yards. Yeah. First things first. That's that's the first thing that's coming out of my mouth. I mean, I think the Browns are going to be a good team this year. I think uh, they're absolutely going to be better than they were last year. But, I mean, the Bengals, they they just signed Joe Burrow to the biggest contract anyone's ever signed. Uh, you know, they, they're coming off a little bit of unfinished business from last year. You would think that the you know the Bengals are going to start off the season knowing that's a big rivalry matchup and and at least show up, but mm-hmm. for them to not put up a, a single touchdown and yeah, Joe Burrow eighty two yards, yeah, come on, I know that is shocking. It is. I, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer here, unless you said something that's just outlandish. <laughs> like I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I personally, I would go with. The Cowboys beat the Giants <laughs> forty to nothing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. And look, I didn't see eighty-two yards coming from Joe Burrow, but he did have the calf injury. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. So at least there's you can reasons behind. Kind it. Yeah. of explain it, mm-hmm. even though that is still shocking. And the weather too. Yeah. Uh, there was some weather last night, but for the Giants to lose forty to nothing yeah. in a primetime spot. That was shocking. That's what I would say. Dude, the Cowboys blew out the Giants yeah. 40 to nothing. That's the biggest win in franchise history for the Cowboys when they shut the other team mm. out. And think about this. Cowboys have been around for a long time, yeah. and they've had a lot of winning seasons and a lot of big wins. 
and that's the biggest shutout win they've ever had. Right. You only have to go back to last year, Chris. I hate to bring up bad memories. <laughs> that's what I was – I was like, maybe it's not shocking to me yeah, personally. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> they beat the Vikings 40-3. to They did do that. Yeah, yeah. That's, again, that's maybe why I, maybe I have a slight bias here in, in not finding this the, the most shocking thing. But I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, they did that to, to the Vikings last year, so – I think what's crazy, too, is, man, I, let me grab the stat for you because the uh, the Cowboys won that much, and they only gained 265 yards right. of total offense. Like, that's not much in an NFL game. 265 mm-hmm. is shrug your shoulders like, we got a lot of work to do offensively. And they still won 40 to, 40 nothing. to nothing. They sacked Daniel Jones seven times. They had three yeah. takeaways. That I can't believe the Giants looked that off. That bad. Yeah. I mean that that's that's not great, especially when they they just extended Daniel Jones. You know, yeah, I'm talking about the Joe Burrow extension. They they signed Daniel Jones over signing Saquon Barkley, uh, and then go through that whole thing in the off season with with Barkley. Where is he going to hold out? Is he going to play? Okay, it looks like he's going to play. Yeah, I mean, zero points is, especially week one, against a rival at home. You, you kind of should know at least a little bit what to expect from them uh, to just get, I mean, just absolutely embarrassed and boat raced. And, yeah, you mentioned the, the total yards and all the sacks. It was it was terrible. And I'm shocked that they didn't pull Daniel Jones earlier. I mean, I was just I, – right. I did not understand at some point why they just continued to keep fighting. <laughs> I, I Yeah, it was – he was in there at least at thirty three nothing. Yeah. He still might have been there been in there at forty to yeah. nothing. Well, especially with all those sacks. It's like you're you're just yeah. putting your quarterback at risk in week one. I, <laughs> I just didn't understand that. it. I didn't I'm understand. with you. I didn't understand it either. And the first time he came out there, he ran it mm-hmm. and took a pretty decent hit. It's yeah. like, cool, he gained two yards. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was strange. Any other big surprises? I wouldn't lead off the phone call with this. But the way the Eagles looked, mm-hmm. I've got they were the a list. whisker away from mm-hmm. beating Mahomes and the Chiefs and yeah. winning a Super Bowl. And the way they looked against the Patriots, and listen, this is Bill Belichick, and they have a really good defense. Yeah. So it's not freak-out mode here. But they had this huge lead. 16 nothing, yeah. And it's a ball game. They had to get a stop on the final drive to win the game. Yeah. And it's not panic mode, but... That offense, they got a lot to sort out. There were a lot of misses that Jalen Hurts had just missing mm-hmm. the wide-open guy. He didn't even see him. Yeah, I mean, that game really surprised me, too. That was definitely on my list. Just the fact that that game was competitive. You mentioned the fact, yeah, the Eagles were up 16 nothing. I think it was 14-16 by halftime. Uh, the Patriots are okay. They're another team that I probably suspect to float around 500, either seven wins or, or nine wins, uh, I think, like, there's no reason why, again, the Eagles, a team who has realistic Super Bowl aspirations and should be the class of the NFC, there's no reason why they should have struggled with a team like the Patriots right now. Like that, to me, was was a really, really surprising result. Just the fact that it was it was even that close, and I think there there is a universe in which the things go better for the Patriots, and they they realistically could have won that game even. By the way, there was a, a, a stat, I don't know, a stat, a story where uh, somebody bet over $100,000 on the Eagles minus six. 
in oh. that game. Oh man, see that's why spreads kill me. If, if when I do bet, I never do spreads. I just can't Chris, do it. I have to do money line. Can you imagine? Your team is ahead sixteen to nothing. <laughs> the Patriots can't do anything. Counting your money already. And all of a sudden, score here, score there, little momentum, turnover, Jalen Hurts, you know? Yep. And you win by five. five. There's nothing oh. worse. There's nothing worse. I just – it takes a special person to be able to just swallow those every single week, and, mm. and especially to come back the next week. That's the kind of thing where, like, I would, I would have to take a week off. I'm like, man, let me tell you, I just – I put way too much money down, and Woo. it was one point, and it always seemed uh, no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not built for betting. I'm just not. That's one thing I've learned uh, through my through my occasional betting experiences. It's just it takes a certain person to be able to just kind of swallow that and then yeah. keep it pushing. I I take those blows, and it's it's like body blows sometimes, or I just like it takes all the wind out of me, and I'm like I gotta I gotta take a knee here for a minute. I have a funny bad beat story for you <laughs> from yesterday. Oh. It's funny. So I had Tony Pollard with at least 13 receiving yards. I took it in game. So I'm like, uh, he's going to dump it down right. to Tony Pollard. So he dumped it down once for four yards. He missed him wide open before oh. halftime. Easily would have gotten there. It was a bad throw by Dak. Then later in the game, little little screen to Tony Pollard. Yeah. And I'm like, we need eight yards. Uh, we need nine yards, actually. Hit it, Tony. Come on. Let's go. Kick it in an overdrive. He gets past the first wave. He's there. He's got it. Fumbles. Fumbles the ball. He would have uh, fallen forward for yeah. that extra yard. He ended on 12. I needed 13. Oh, he had 12. <laughs> and they recovered that fumble, too, didn't they? Like, the Cowboys recovered yeah, it. Yeah, which is even it. worse. It's and like... I think he might have even rushed for the touchdown. He might have <laughs> scored right <laughs> after that. Yeah. I needed 13 receiving yards, oh, Tony Pollard, but it's all good, man. It happens. How about this real fast, Chris? Yeah. Your level of surprise with the Vikings. Yeah, they have to be talked about. Yeah, they losing do. to Tampa. Yeah. How high on the scale is that? I mean, it's it shouldn't have happened. It just shouldn't have happened. It's it's definitely near 7 or an 8 for me. The, the defense – it really honestly wasn't their fault. The, the Vikings defense did a good job of keeping – I mean, the, the Tampa Bay only scored 20 points, and I think the Vikings offense is more than capable of reaching 30. But um, it was really just turnovers, really bad turnovers. Kirk Cousins fumbled the ball twice. One time, his right guard literally hit the ball out ah, of his hand as he's yeah. dropping back. Just terrible mistakes, really boneheaded mistakes. Kirk – Missed a couple throws himself, which, you know, was was definitely, you know, a lot of quarterbacks did that in week one. I think it was a feeling out process. But really, they just let Baker get into a groove. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, we know, is not anywhere near an elite quarterback. He's a bottom-tier starter in this league. And if you're going to let him put together a couple easy uh, completions, he's going to find a rhythm. And, and they did a good job in the first half of keeping him out of that rhythm, but you know, once you, you know, when you have targets like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're going to get open a good handful of times. And, you know, they, you, you mentioned the fact Mike Evans dropped an easy touchdown in mm. that game. Like th there was multiple opportunities for them to run away with it, but that Vikings defense is just, they're, it, they're better than they are last year with Brian, uh, with Brian Flores in this year, but they're still, they just don't have the talent. How about Kirk Cousins have a, ner a nervous breakdown on the sideline, man? Yeah. He acted like he was listening to Megadeth. Yeah. You know? He just, why 
Yeah. That's what he does. It yeah. It's just right like there. he's a very detail-oriented guy, and when anything goes off schedule, it's just he's like he's manic, and that's that's exactly what it was. If, yeah. if things don't go exactly how he planned it, how he visualized it, mm. then he's just he's completely thrown for a loop. Man. Yeah. That's not, not good. Not great. That's not great. Yeah. You got you to gotta make plays off, stru- off structure, too. Right. It can't all be, yeah. Yeah, and they the Vikings co- have to win games against teams that they should beat, too. I mean, they, they've got a tough schedule this year, and uh, they're they're not doing themselves any favors losing to teams like the Bucks. who, I mean, I mentioned their defense, but there's no reason why the Bucks are going to win more than five or six games this year. All right, coming up next, in addition to a dominant win, is this also – Another great sign for the 49ers. We'll dive into that. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Watkins. It's Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com.